Welcome to the Unrest Podcast. I'm Madeline Green. And I'm Caitlin Stancil. If you have not done so yet, go ahead and head over to where you like to listen to your favorite podcast, the Unrest Podcast, and go ahead and subscribe. And while you listen to this week's Real Life Haunt, go ahead, pick up your spirits as we talk about some spirits today. Yeah. So today I am actually popping some Prosecco that I bought for my birthday in June. That vintage. <laughs> you've been aging it a couple months. <laughs> Woo! Party. Party time. I'm like, you can tell how exciting my life is. I have champagne I bought for my birthday in June and it is like the end of August. And you didn't even drink it for your birthday to celebrate. <laughs> it's kind of sad. <laughs> But we're here over Zoom now drinking together as we share some of our favorite real life haunts with you. Super excited about this story. This is from Kim and she's actually kind of been sensitive to spirits her whole life. She's had other family members that are sensitive as well. And she's going to share with us a few stories, but her main focus is a historical house in Arcadia, Florida. So take a listen. Up until I was probably close to five years old, I would go to bed at night. I would sleep curled up in a ball because Mm. I was afraid of the witches at the end of my bed grabbing my feet. Where it came from, I don't know. I never saw anything. Sometimes I would see things in my mind, but I never actually saw anything. I never actually felt anything. That's for about probably close to I was, you know, a little older than five years old. I slept in a ball. Later on, as I got older... And I was realizing things, especially as I started getting into teens, when I was a teenager, that's when I really realized that there were things going on at that house. And basically, any house that I've lived in, even the, the house that I bought now that I live in, you know, I, I, there's, there's people here. When I stayed at my grandmother's for a while, I remember she would say things like, she used to see like a, a, a Native American Indian. Her house is up in, in New York State. The hunting trail, which would have led down to Lake Ontario area. And the thing is, when when I would be there, I would look out the window and I would see figure in shadow. But it wasn't, I call it a shadow figure, but it wasn't, it wasn't scary or anything like that. But it was a figure I would see of what looked to be like a Native American Indian crouched in the stalking position for hunting. And I'd see them, you know, sometimes walking and then stand up and take off like they were going after, you know. I never saw it inside like my grandmother did. And this would be during the day. I mean, this wasn't at night. This was during the day that I would see it. Arcadia itself is quite haunted. I live in the historic district. I'm in a historic home that I'm going to restore. It's most of the outside that needs to be done. From what I'm told is a good many of the historic homes do report things happening in the homes. The opera house in town, same thing. You know, that's very haunted. I've had experiences there myself. When I decided I was going to leave Punta Gorda and move to Arcadia, because I'd always loved Arcadia. So I was looking at this one house, which ended up being pure evil. It was starting to show me that it didn't want me there. But that's a whole other story. 
into itself. And I had seen this house listed as like, no, this is exactly what I don't want. It is not the style house I want. It is not the type of house I want. It's not the street that I want, nothing. The only thing I had going for it was it had enough space to turn the grounds into an urban farm. So, and it had a big garage, but it's like, no, it's not what I want. So then a friend of mine, she's like, Kim, you better go down. There's a store down at the end of the street. She owns a, a business too. And she said, there's a store down at the end of the street. She says, there's a real estate listing there in the window. And she says, it's a blue house. So she said, you better walk down and make sure that nobody's trying to sell your house out from under you. So I'm like, because the, the real estate market down here was starting to really build and get really hot. So I walked down and nope, I came back and said, nope. Not the house, but I thought, well, I'll call my real estate agent because we had a funny feeling the house that I wanted, the evil house. So contact with the realtor. He says, no, he says it just went under contract. I said, I have figures. You know, I'm kind of starting to get desperate here because prices are going up. And I wanted an old house and they were getting few and far between. And I'm going through the real estate ads again. About two and a half weeks later, three weeks later, my, that other house is back up on the market. I said the sale must have fallen through. Not not the not the evil one. Actually the one I'm in now. And so she says, You wanna go look in? And I said, Not really. <laughs> but I said, with the way the market's getting, I said, I suppose we better. Yeah, you know, I always took her along and then the real estate my real estate agent would be there because I figured three sets of eyes sees all different things. And I'm looking around, and it's, you know, it's, I'm looking around, it's like, oh, it's, it's not too bad. You know, it's definitely not the style I wanted. It's it's kind of a transition between a cracker and an arts and crafts. 2,700-square-foot house with an 800-square-foot separate garage on a quarter-acre lot. And it's like, you know, for where this place is located, in a historic district, and you got a big corner lot, having a big garage like that, big outbuilding, is kind of like unheard of around here. Oh, so I'm like, well, I think I can make it work. I think maybe I better grab it. This place went so smoothly between the time I made the offer and was actually closing and moving in was, I think, 30 days. That's how smooth this went compared to all the others. So anyways, I'm moving in and I'm still, even though everything I knew about the other house, I'm still bummed out. But then started feeling like, yeah, there's somebody here. And then I was doing something in in the house. I mean, I'm still not totally moved in. I'm getting my things piece by piece as I see things that I want. But um, my mother was sitting in the living room one day and the stairs to go up to the second floor are in the living room, you know, that staircase. And she told me, she says, well, she said, I heard somebody go up the stairs. She said, there wasn't anybody there. She said, but I heard somebody go up the stairs. You know, and I didn't have my cats here yet. So it wasn't them. And I said, well, I said, you know, it's really funny that you said that. I said, because I was in the kitchen and I said, I swore I heard somebody walking around upstairs. And I said, I thought it was you. She said, I've been sitting in the living room reading. So, you know, other little things would happen. One night it was like I got back here a little bit later than I expected. And the living room light was on for me. I didn't turn it on, but it was on. And so, you know, things kept, you know, going on and like that. You know, just just little things, nothing major. I did get locked out of this house once, and I think they were just, like, toying with me a little bit. I walked out the door, and I heard a click, and I'm thinking, 
Oh no. I mean, from now on, I carry my keys with me. Even when I go outside, I carry my keys. I tried for about an hour to get in because, you know, I didn't have any extra keys made yet because I hadn't been here long enough. My mom had some extra, extra keys. I tried to call her. She was off somewhere. So I didn't get her. So here I'm trying to look in the garage, finding something that I could slip in to see if I can get this thing open. And then all of a sudden I hear click and I'm thinking, okay, I tried the, the doorknob, open right up. I came in, I'm like, okay, very funny. You know, when I come in, I'd say hi, or I get up in the morning, I'm like, good morning, everybody, you know, and did start communicating. I have this thing where, you know, the words will just pop up on the, on the screen. So I was here for probably about three or four weeks, and again, still, still sort of bummed about the other house. And ironically, I only live a couple blocks from that house. It's it's been for sale for a long time. I said I'm still a little bit bummed about not, you know, not being able to get the other house. And it said, don't be. And so, you know, I don't know if I, you know, I would talk with them a little bit more and, you know, try to protect myself. And, you know, if anybody negative, I say, you're not welcome here. You need to leave. I only want to talk with the positive people that are here. And I got to the point where I was calling them the roommates. Anybody that comes here loves this house. I mean, to be honest, when I moved in, I was the only one that didn't love my house. Anybody else that came in here, they loved it. They felt happy. They felt comfortable. They felt homey. They felt cozy. I was the only one that didn't love my house. So, and every, and, and a lot of the people that believe in some of the same things, they said, they said, you're there for a reason. And I said, but why? I said, I don't know, but you're there for a reason. I'm like, well, I would like to know that reason because maybe that'll make me feel a little bit better. A couple weeks ago, I finally sat down here. I've been here for almost a year. Before I've asked, why am I here? And I really never got an answer. And so finally, a couple weeks ago, I asked, I said, okay, can somebody tell me why am I here? And it popped up that I was brought here. I said, well, who brought me? And that's kind of where it stopped. But the funny thing was... Uh, flyer that was on the window where my friend said, make sure they're not selling your house out from under you. And she kept saying your house. That was this house. So I went to her later. I said, I guess, I guess you knew it was my house before I knew it was my house. <laughs> the funny thing was I, when I came to look at this house, you know, I wanted a place where I could have my, you know, my chickens. It's got a chicken run and a coop. I found out that I can, have you know I, I wanted my goats I'm like oh you know I'm in town I'm not gonna be able to have my goats well I, I found out a couple months ago that I could have one or two goats here and I'm like okay when I, I didn't notice it before but you know when I was looking at the house I don't know how I missed the big thing there but I did but the one thing I said I was going to do was uh, I wanted to put a well in so that I had not just city water but I also had well water and I got here we started moving in and I said to, I looked at my mother and I'm like Mom, forget about digging the well. It's already got one, and it's all hooked up. So it kind of had everything. And, and even people, when they came in and looked at it, they were like, they, they'd walk in and they'd come back out. Because I had, for everybody that helped me on, on stuff and helped me move and, and like that, I had like this party. People would come out, and they're like, your house reminds me of my grandmother's farmhouse or your house reminds me of the farmhouse I grew up in. I mean, it's like the place was screaming farmhouse. Here it is. It's in the middle of town in the historic district. But yet the first thing everybody thinks when they see it is farm. So like I said, a few weeks ago, I finally got an answer and it took all this time. 
to be told that I was brought here. So now I'm trying to find out why I was brought here. But in the meantime, before that, I started saying, well, you know, a lot of times spirits and like that get really riled up is when people start doing work on a house and they don't like it. So I'm going to run it by. So first thing I did, I said, are you okay if I restore the outside of the house as best as I can? I said, it's not going to be perfect. And the word necessary popped up telling me it was basically to me, it was telling me that it was necessary. They felt it was necessary to restore it or to bring it back as much as I could. So I said, I'm going to ask again, are you okay with this? A necessary popped up again. So anytime I want to do a little something, I just run it. I just run it by. I want to, there's, I'm going to paint the kitchen. I said, there's a couple of things I'm going to do. I said, I'm not going to really change anything in there. I said, but there's a couple doors I'm taking off of the cupboard to give it more of the period look of the open shelves. And I said, but that's going to be probably about it. And I said, I do want to paint the kitchen. And I said, the color that I wanted to do. And the response that I got back was all very positive. So, you know, I ran the color by, I mean, it's, it's probably, it sounds ridiculous, but it's like everything to this point has been going pretty smooth. When I go to do something, I do it and there's no, there's no repercussions. And the funny thing was about the third or fourth week that I was here, I had my cats and it was like, and my bird was here and all of a sudden about 2.30 in the morning, I hear the cat hissing at something and I'm like, I'm going to go out and look, but I know there's not going to be anything there. I'll be looking up in the air and hissing. When I was right, both animals were accounted for. And then my bird was getting all upset. I was like, okay, you're here. I said, I don't think you're meaning to upset the animals. I said, but you are. I said, so if you can just kind of be a little bit more patient and gentle around them, I said, I will appreciate it. That was the last time my bird ever got upset. That was the last time the one cat that was hissing at everything got upset. That was it. But we're starting to hear a lot of noises upstairs. It was like 3.30 in the morning. I'm like, okay, guys. And I knew it wasn't the cats because, like I said, again, I had both cats accounted for. And I said, all right, guys. I said, it's 3.30 in the morning. I'm tired. I said, you do what you have to do. I said, I don't care. You're welcome here as long as you behave yourself. I said, look, just keep it to a dull roar. Not had the loud noises at night since. And some of the people that do, you know, believe in the stuff that's going on and, and like that, they're saying it's just because I'm welcoming them. I'm going to be writing a book on doing the restorations and turning, every, turning the property into an urban farm and like that. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to come up with, I said, well, we can't just keep calling this the property. we got to come up with something for it. So I sat in the living room one day and I was like, okay, guys, I need help. So I was just kind of writing down names and saying, all right, what do you think about this? What do you, I mean, if somebody walked into my house and didn't know, they think I was totally insane. I said, what do you think about this? And I didn't get much of a response. And I, I said, well, what do you think about this? And no response. And then I said, well, what do you think about, and I came up and I said, what do you think about free spirits, free spirits farmed? Immediately it said pretty. I said, okay, that's what we're, we're going to do. And I think this house is finally starting to feel like home. So first of all, 
I don't know if you know this, Caitlin, but I love old historical homes. How can I not know this? I'm your bestie. <laughs> right. And so I really, this story hits close to my heart because I like, that's my dream. I mean, to find a historical home, um, and be able to redo it. And I mean, it's a plus in her case because she has some really cool spirits that have taken residence in her house. I just love that she like sees them as roommates that she lives with. I think you and I can both really um, appreciate this as we also live with roommates in our homes currently because <laughs> we live with our in-laws and then you live with grandpa. Sure. Yep. Oh, Papa. So our next story in real life haunt an anonymous letter that was sent in. So take a listen. Just to give some background about myself, I'm considered a blessed child from where I'm from because my grandmother was a Surahana, a good witch doctor in the islands. So with my gift that I inherited from my grandmother, I could sense presences ever since I was little. It used to scare me a lot when I was younger, but I've been able to control my gift as I've gotten older. I can still feel them if they want to make themselves known. In 2019, when I first started living with my husband, who was my fiancé at the time, I was on the phone arguing with my sister, who was trying to get me to come over to where she was staying. While we were talking, the atmosphere in the house suddenly felt, from what I can only describe, weird, and I started hearing beeping from somewhere in the house. I started to search the house looking for the source of this beeping, and the beeping was coming from an old alarm system that was in the house. I had to go out the back door because I didn't have a key yet to lock up the front door. As I opened the door, all of a sudden the alarm was louder, and I could still hear it as I was passing our neighbor's yard. I let my husband know that the alarm was going off because he was on his way home. He texted me back when he got there, saying that there was no alarm or beeping going off when he arrived at the house. That's when he told me that he had actually disconnected this alarm when he moved into the house, which was around 2016, and never reconnected it since then. I kept swearing to him that it was beeping and that it had gone off when I was leaving and that I could still hear it from the street when I was outside. Another experience in this house was when I was alone again. I was out in the living room watching YouTube videos. While I was holding my phone, the video started to rewind itself by a few minutes. I hadn't even touched the screen at all and I felt like I wasn't alone. The feeling that I felt though wasn't bad or heavy, so I figured that it was either my grandmother, my parents, or my husband's dad just visiting and watching those videos with me. Whenever I would feel that presence in the house, the house would feel calmer and warmer when it would happen. Sadly, we had to move out of the house, and I haven't felt anything like that in our current residence since then. It was nice to know that there was a possibility of them just stopping by to visit. I love sort of like the sentimental nature, like the sentimental feelings that she had about that experience refreshing compared yeah. to the other presence, you know, that people do see when they see spirits and stuff like that. So you don't hear many people describe the feeling of other spirits as being calm and warm. Love it. 
Well, if you guys out there listening have a real life haunt story that you'd like to share with us, you can email us at the unrest podcast at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. We have a Facebook and a Facebook group. We also have a TikTok. So definitely check us out on all social media platforms. And until next time, unrest, unrest in peace. peace.